credibility. Credibility is given something when there is a uh, person makes the effort uh, for honesty, for integrity. That's, that's what builds credibility. That's why you don't go around saying stuff that really ain't true or half true and stuff like that. You lose your credibility. Come on. Right. And so the, the word of God, the value in the word of God is the credibility of the word of God. So we don't want to we don't want to, you know, you going around saying stuff or talking about stuff that you say the Bible say and then you don't do it. That make it look like you really don't believe it. Right. So that's just like that's just like you inside a place and you tell them, you know, you explain to the child that there. Good old country hillbilly that there. That there is a fire extinguisher. If there's ever a fire, you grab that and put it on the fire. And so then they see a fire jump out and you running for everything else but the extinguisher. But you told them the extinguisher is what you, you put on the fire. Do you think they're going to have confidence going forward in that extinguisher? You lost some credibility. And at least that. So, yeah, we got to be about it. We got to be practicing it this morning. Uh, Sherry, stand up right there. All right, hold up, hold up your, your two trophies. All right. Hold up your two trophies and explain to them what you did. Now, we got a, a star among us. <laughs> tell, tell them what that is. Um, I did a powerlifting meet yesterday. So this one is um, pro women's 198 class equipped first place push-pull in the bench press. Well, push-pull overall. And I set a IPA world record. How much? 330 pounds. This one is the um, women's pro equipped best female lifter overall. Nice. And I set a IPA world record in the deadlift 425. Oh. <laughs> now look, I'll tell you what, she deserves applause for that. And it's, I'm in the master's class, 50 to 54 year olds. Wow. 50 to 54. Who would have knew that? Who would have knew that? So she's also sporting something in addition to this. She's also sporting a real live prize here this morning. This is her new husband here. Can you hear the name of Jeff. Pastor Jeff. Pastor Jeff. And so they, they're newly married, and uh, Sherry is going to be journeying. Where are you going? Arizona. Arizona, sometime, sometime here soon. So we're losing her for a good reason, <laughs> but she's always gonna be part of the family and yeah. Jeff will be part of the new family, right? Amen. God bless y'all. <laughs> All right, good news, good news. People doing stuff. There's always people doing stuff around here. Amen. I didn't know the girl was that strong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, look, I, hey, listen, we have some of these, uh, we really don't know what some of these some of these women are, are, are capable of around here. We're gonna have to start inviting y'all to some of these men's work day. <laughs> I know y'all lifting stuff like that. Lenny, we'd get them involved. <laughs> He's good strong. Okay, let's let's go ahead and do the confessions. Let's do the confessions. Thank you. Yeah, he is. Confess him on up out of here. All right, let's go. All right, Father, I thank you in advance that I'm always changed by my time spent in worship and in the Word. I am a believer and not a doubter. Therefore, all things are possible for me. I recognize that it's not by my might nor by my power but by your spirit, working mightily in me, which I overcome any adversity I may face on our journey. I am not afraid of what sickness can do to me. 
Because by your stripes, I'm healed. I'm not afraid of financial lack. Because all my needs are made according to your riches and glory. Therefore, I live out of your pockets and not mine. And I cannot be overcome by depression. Because you have gifted me with your peace that passes all understanding. And you won't take it back. The Bible says, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. A thousand shall fall by my side and ten thousand at my right hand but it will not come near me. There shall no evil befall me. Neither shall any plague come near my dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. I am an overcomer because you overcame. And I cannot be stopped. And I won't be stopped. I love you, Lord. Because you're a great, great father, and the father to the fatherless, and no one has to go fatherless. Amen. You can sit down. All right. So uh, I had a, a, a message that I had done some time back, and I was, I was listening to it. I listened to myself quite a bit, uh, because a, a lot of times when I'm, when I'm teaching stuff, it'll be something that God has given to me. And so I'm still working on it. I'm still trying to process it and get it into my own system. And so then I, t I teach y'all and then I'm still working to get it in my system. So I go back and I, I do that. And sometimes I listen to my stuff multiple times, 10, 15 times, because I got to get it in my system. And so this is something that the Lord. Uh, and how many, how many of you know that, that just because you hear something one time, that don't mean that you got it. The Bible says that faith comes by continual hearing, not by having heard it one time. All right. So uh, some of the some of the, the, the smarter students in the class, they believe that, you know, after the, the first time I got it, just let me make the, uh, the the solution come out of the volcano. And now I'm a bona fide certified rocket scientist. I don't need any more training. I got it all together. Right. Because I made the solution come out the top of the, the volcano. But that's not the case. We don't, we don't want you working on none of our rockets or any of our nuclear stuff at this point yet because you still ain't got it. All right. And so you have to understand that it's a continual hearing. It's a process that revelations are progressive, that you might get a piece of it. But the Bible says in all you're getting, get an understanding. We, we're, not, we're looking to have wisdom. We're looking to have understanding. We're not just looking to have heard it one time. There are some people that are very turned on by hearing, just hearing. Right. I've heard it one time. I feel like I'm awesome. And that, listen, I want you to understand something. This Bible is living and it's breathing. It's not meant for people to just read it and, and say, look, I got it in my head. It's with spiritual Christianity is a spiritual activity. Right. It's a spiritual activity. But we have become content leaving the spiritual activity to the witches and the people in the movies. All right. But but the only reason they got any kind of spiritual activity is because God is spiritual. Right. And so at the beginning, God kicked their boss out of heaven with his. He was a part of that whole spiritual happening up in heaven and he kicked him out. And he brought the spiritual activity down on the wrong side. But we have act like there is no spiritual activity over on our side. God never intended for us just to have the Bible and to read it and go around and be good people. Anybody can do that. I don't need the Bible to be a good person. Right. We, we have this Bible because there's something spiritual happening that we believe. Listen to this. If you don't believe there's something spiritual happening, we believe in a savior that we ain't never seen Jesus before. Come on. I ain't never seen him before. Right. But to me, he's real than anything. And I commune and I conversate with him. And the Bible says that the scriptures are spiritual. Right. The Bible says the spirit, spirit, uh, the, the word of God is spirit and life. Right. So this word is alive. That's why that's how you can read it. And you can be reading the scriptures and something can jump out at you. Ah, a light come on. Yep. Right. God can speak to you through the word of God. So Christianity is a spiritual activity. Now, we're going to look at today and over some spiritual disciplines. And one spiritual dis one one thing I say about. And this was not so much just a spiritual discipline, but it's a principle. 
And I, went, and I taught you about the repo principle, repetition, easy pleasure, often habit. Whatever you do repetitiously will become easy. And then whatever is easy to you, you like doing. So it becomes a pleasure. Whatever is a pleasure you do often, and that's how habits are created. Right? That's how habits are created. When I, when I, 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 I go in there and I, I, in the restaurant and I prepare those briskets, I got a system. Right? When I, from the time I grab, I have a certain way I grab it. And I put it on a certain way, I slam it on the table. I slam them, I throw them on the table. Boom. That's what I do every time. I grab it, I throw it on the table. I got a certain way I cut the package open. I got a certain way I trim it. I got a certain way I prep it before I season it. I got a certain way I handle it and I touch it in the way I throw it over in the bucket before I put it in there. I got a certain way I slide the bucket over to the side. I like the way I turn. It's a rectangular bucket. I got a certain way I handle it. I got a certain way I top it. Then I got a certain way when I take them out to the smoker. I got a certain way that I load the smoker. I always go and I put the briskets here. Then I grab the wood first. I put the wood in the smoker first, then I load the briskets in the smoker. I throw the switch to make it start rotating before I even turn on the heat. I do it the same way every time, right? And I don't even have to think about it. Repetition, easy, pleasure, often habit. Now, when I first started doing it, it wasn't like that. It was nightmare. I, nightmare. I burned a lot of briskets. <laughs> I undercooked some briskets. I remember one time this lady, she came in and she was eating some brisket and we was almost out. And, well, we was, we was out and I had some on the smoker. And she was like, uh, man, this is so good. I sure I'm not, I don't know when I'm going to come back this way. I want to buy some of this to take with me. And so I went outside and I didn't understand, you know, where exactly to probe the meat for I can get the true temperature. You always probe the brisket in the heart of it. And you don't look at brisket to tell whether it's cooked. Oh, it looks like it's done. It, now, it, it might be raw. It's because it looked like it's done, that don't mean nothing, you know? So then I, 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 I'm in that stage, this one has been on there X amount of time, it must be done. Then there's a difference between the size of the brisket. A smaller brisket will cook faster than a bigger one, right? So this one may be done and this one may not be done. So just because this one reads the temperature, this one may not read the temperature. So you grab this one off and I go to cutting it and, you know, I, I promise this woman, if you really like that, you're really going to like that. I gave that woman some of the toughest brisket I ever smoked. And she took it home with her. And I, I didn't know it until I, I tasted it. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> but repetition, through repetition, hey, listen, I can, that's why people come over there and it just continues, the legend continues to grow because of repetition, easy pleasure often happen. When we make the beans, it's the same stuff going to the beans every time. There's three different kinds of beans. Two of them get drained, one of them don't get drained. There's sauce, there's seasonings that go into the bean. The same happens the same thing every time. The rice, it happens the same way every time. When we make burritos, they go the same way every time. When we make the pizza, it's the same process. Repetition, easy, pleasure, often habit. That way you can, that's when some people come in there and they can, you can work faster than other people because we do it over and over and over. This principle works for anything. Whatever you do repetitiously will become uh, easy. You'll do it more often because it, it becomes a pleasure. You'll do it often and then you got a habit. Spiritual things work the same way. They work the same way. You hear a lot of people when they first become Christians, they say, I don't like to read my Bible because I do not understand. Well, all you have to do is keep on reading. And the repetition will grow your understanding. You, you, will, you will learn to discern when God's trying to show you something, when God's trying to say something to you through what you're reading. If you just keep reading, then you will understand. Repetition. If people say, I don't, I don't know what to do when I pray. I don't, I don't know what to do when I, when, I, when I pray. I don't know what that activity looks like. If you just keep on praying, then it, you're going to get some, you're going to get a system to your prayer. You'll get, you'll get, you'll start to be, get comfortable because God is, a, listen, if God wasn't alive, then you could say that because we serve a living God, then God's going to come to you. Whatever you're praying about is going to come to you some kind of way. It might come to you in an instant right there in the way of a thought. You may encounter somebody that you've never seen before somewhere getting some coffee and they sit down and y'all start talking and they start talking uh, about something exactly what you was praying about and the light come on. But God going to get you to answer some kind of way. And, and when you start because of your repetition, because you don't give up and when and, and, uh, and you're praying like that, you're going you're gonna to start to like praying because you're going to see, man, stuff does happen. That's right. Stuff does happen when I pray. And so I want to look at some things this morning. I want to show you somebody who had uh, some spiritual disciplines that, that they practiced. And I'm going to tell you about the spiritual disciplines. One thing, uh, 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 the spiritual discipline of prayer, a lot of times uh, it's, it's not really tough to pray when things are going difficult, when you're having a hard time. Shoot, that's, that's when you, hey, look, man, God, I need some help. 
you know, I really need some help. Uh, can you do something for me? Uh, this is a problem. You know, and then, you know, we'll even fast. Problem get bad enough. And you go without, you know, miss a meal, you know, or you give up candy bars or something like that, you know, or give up soda pops, something like that. If it get more serious, then you might even let, let a meal go or two, you know. And then if it get even more serious than that, then you start praying along with the fasting. And then you really, you, you really, you really uh, trying to make something happen then. And if it, the more progressive the problem is, the more strength you got in you, the more you're going to pursue it. Now, once you get through that, that fast and that prayer and God gets you that breakthrough, you know, and you're riding around in that uh, uh, 1982 Cadillac Fleetwood uh, uh, Immaculate Interior with the AC blowing, right? And, and life is good, right? Life is good because you're turning corners and that, that Cadillac only had one owner. It's only got 14,000 miles on it. And you are just, the AC blows colder than the refrigerator, right? And so life is good for you, right? And so then at that point when things are going good, that's the time when we take our foot off the gas. But see, spiritual disciplines are not things that you cancel when stuff starts going good. You keep them up. You keep them up. Because after a while, again, after all, it's not just about uh, getting a breakthrough when you need it. It's about communion with God so we can have constant breakthrough when we need it or somebody else needs it. We don't, we don't take our foot off the gas. Right? Because I've seen it several times in my own life. I've seen it in the life of other people. You, you listen, I done got after it, and God, you know, everything's going smooth. We're living better now than we ever have, you know. Praise the Lord. Or we got over that, they, we got healed from that sickness, or the kids is acting right, all of them saved. So guess what? Now we're going to take our foot off the gas. But you know somebody who don't ever take their foot off the gas? Chain-smoking devil. Right. Waiting on you when you hit the dope. Because right. I'm on you again. I'm going to find a weak spot, and I'm coming in there. And you know what? Because you took your foot off the gas, and you low, your, your spiritual gas tank is low because your spiritual discipline is low. Now you are easy prey for him. So we never take our foot off the gas because you don't never know when you're going to need that, that, that spiritual stuff to jump off. That's the trick of the devil. You, you know that the devil will leave you alone for a while just so you can think that he's gone away and you defeated him forever. He'll leave you alone for a while. Right. And let's let you enjoy your little blessings. And then what happened when the devil show up? Some catastrophic happened and, you know, you know, the bottom fall out the whole situation. You're scrambling for some hope. Oh, my God. The faith has been gone. Then you're scrambling for hope. Right. We don't know what we're going to do because you took your foot off the gas. Now let's look at a guy, some guys whose spiritual disciplines helped them out time and time and time again. And I almost lost some spiritual disciplines last night when I dropped my iPad on the ground <laughs> and the screen cracked. I'm like, oh, my God, I was so hot. I did lose them a little bit, but I, I repented. <laughs> uh, let's go to Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. We're going to spend quite a bit of time over here in the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. I'm going to try to do this without no reading instruments. All right, Daniel chapter 1, 3 and 4, uh, verse 3. Lord, we thank you for your word, and I pray you guide me through this time. Uh, let me hear from you and let them hear you through me. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Uh, verse 3 says, And the king spake unto Asphanaz, the master of the eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel of the king's seed of the princes. And the children in whom was no blemish, that were well favored and skillful in wisdom, cunning and knowledge, understanding, science, and such as had the ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning of, uh, of the tongue of the Chaldeans. So uh, they, they had conquered, they had conquered this group. And so they said, hey, listen, we're going to, we want to bring them in. We're going to find a certain of them who have this skill set, who are very skillful, skillful. We're going to bring them in and we're going to see if we can convert them over to our ways and use their giftings to our benefit and uh, to help us out. Now, understand something that the people that they were looking for already had a certain skill set. Right. So that speaks to a certain level of discipline. Right. That speaks already to a certain level of discipline. They already had some discipline working in their life. 
Let's go on to verse, uh, verse 4, verse 5. And the king appointed them daily provision of the king's meat, of the wine uh, which he drank, so nourishing them for three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among those were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, uh, Ezriah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names. So they even changed their names. We're going we're to call you something different. Right? They're, making, they're making efforts to change these people who already were set in a certain way. Right? So they already, these people, because the, their gifting, the, the reason why they were so sharp in the way that they were but was because of the habits they, they already had. So he said, we're going to start to change them a little bit. They, we're going to make some changes. But these guys were so set in certain ways because their ways have been working for them. They say, we're not going to, you know, some things we're going to let you change and some of it we don't want to change. Right? So just, just stay here with me. What verse are we in? Six? Six. Now among them were, oh, I already read the names. I don't want to read them again. Verse seven. Unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names for uh for he gave unto Daniel the name Belshazzar, and to Hananiah, Shadrach, and to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. Verse 8. And Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into favor with the tender love, uh, favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my lord the king who hath appointed your, your meat and your drink for uh, why you should see, see your faces uh, worse. Hold on a second. Hold on. Can't do it. Can't do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. This, 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 is, this is, helps a whole lot. Verse 10, that's why we stopped there, right? That's why I messed that up real bad, right? And the prince of the eunuch said unto Daniel, I fear my lord the king who hath appointed your meat and your drink. For why should he see your faces worse liking than the children which are of your sort? Then shall ye make me uh, in danger my head to the king. So Daniel said, hey, we don't want to be eating the, the stuff that your boys are eating. He said, we, we got our own food that we want to eat. And God says, look, you know, I don't, I don't believe y'all eating this uh, die that you want to eat. If, if, if you ain't looking healthy, the king gonna, gonna get me because I'm supposed to be taking care of y'all. Uh, then, verse 11, then Daniel to, uh, then said Daniel to Melzar, whom the prince of the eunuchs has set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, prove thy servants, or test us with this. I beseech thee ten days, uh, and let us, uh, let them give us pulse to eat, or vegetables, and water to drink, then let our, our countenances be looked upon before thee and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat and thou seest, uh, thou seest deal well with thy servants. So he said, let them keep on eating what they've been eating. Let us eat these vegetables and water. Let's have like a contest over a period of 10 days and come back and see if we don't look better than them. Verse 14, so he consented to them in the matter and he proved them 10 days. And at the end of the 10 days, their countenances appeared more fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portions of the king's meat. Thus Melzar took away the portion of their meat and the wine that they should drink and gave them pulse. So these boys came in and said, listen, we got a certain way, a pattern for success. We have habits that we have, uh, we have uh, been practicing for some time. That's why you chose us in the first place, because we work in these disciplines. And so and then you want to come in here and you want to hook us up with this bad food and everybody's around here eating trash all the time. He said, we don't want to do that. Test us. Let us let us eat this. So he comes back. They go 10 days. He said, man, y'all look better than my boys. And they're eating the same food as the king. The point that we're going to see here is that there is a connection between your eating habits and your spiritual, uh, the spiritual fruit that comes out of you. It's about self-discipline. Now, sometimes we, we, we listen, there were feasting times where they had cakes and all kind of stuff that they ate. But listen, since you got to have some control over yourself. If you want if you want to hear God and you want uh, God to work through you, you can't make your flesh the king. Yes. They got a restaurant, Burger King. Right. But your flesh can't be king if you want God to move through you. Mm -hmm. And these guys said, hey, and, and, and they're going to they're going to prove it here in a minute. They're going to come to a, across a challenge where they really need to hear God. 
and their spiritual discipline is going to pay off. And we're going to read circumstances here right in this book of Daniel where their spiritual discipline is paid off again and again and again. Right. He says, thus Nozar took away the portion of their meat that they sh and the wine that they should drink and gave them pulse for these children. For these uh, as for these four children, somebody say four children. All right, so for a long time, I never put all this together, but there's a connection between Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These boys, uh, uh, these boys said, listen, uh, we want to eat. Who is this? Daniel first is initiating uh, eating this pulse. And then you see uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego allude to the same thing. Right now, all these boys that come out of uh, our captivity together and they got the same similar eating habits. Right. Connected to their disciplines. Let's keep going because we're going to see it get them, get them out of some trouble here in a minute. Uh, as for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill and learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding of all visions. Now, at the end of the days that the king has said unto them, bring them in. And the prince of the eunuchs brought them in. Before Nebuchadnezzar and the king communed with them and among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Ezra. Uh, therefore stood they before the king and in all matters of wisdom and understanding, the king inquired of them and they found them 10 times better than the magicians and the astrologers that were uh, in all the, his realm. And Daniel continued even unto the first uh, the first year of King Cyrus. We're going we're gonna, to we're, I'm going to say some things and then we're going to go back and we're going to look at some proofs of it. There was a, a brother in the congregation uh, uh, sometime back and he was talking about doing some fasting. And so Pastor Russell and I uh, were discussing him and, and his fasting and Pastor Russell shot him some information about fasting. Who's that? Is that my stuff? Oh, that's all right. I thought that was my wife's phone. But uh, she shot him some information about fasting. And uh, and, and so and what he was what he sent him was that, hey, listen, you can't just be fasting, just don't eat. But you need to be praying as well. So he shot him some good stuff. So then I found some stuff. Uh, Miles Monroe, probably one of the greatest fasting messages that I ever seen. But he talks exactly about that. And, and he talks about the, the, the fasting part that when you fasting is more with God is more than just not eating. It's prayer. And the way he described it was this, is that God wants to get information and wants to get things through you. And we have a, a certain level of reception. Right. He described it as a pipe. Great message. You got to hear the whole thing. He described it as a pipe. But he says that when we when we not fasting and we're not praying in certain times, there's only a, a, a small hole to get something through. He said, but when you fast and when you pray and fast, then that hole widens and it's easier for God to get to you. What, what he needed to get. He went through so many examples in the scripture about different times to where it didn't just come right out and say they were fasting. But when you read the circumstances, you can see, man, they was fasting. Right. So here in these circumstances right here, you can we people do this a lot. The first of the year they do it. It's called a Daniel fast. Right. They eat vegetables and and they drink vegetables and fruit and drink water. Well, it seems to me that this was either a part of how they lived their life or something that they did very regularly. Right. And so here again, the Bible says that the king consulted with these guys when he really had a need. So so is it a coincidence that they lived a fasted lifestyle and then the, and the power of God flowed through them on a greater level than some of these other people? Right. So this is not the message, but it's a side note. We have to have certain spiritual disciplines. You don't just give yourself anything that you want all the time. You, you, because you're, you're allowing the flesh to be in charge. You don't give yourself any kind of food. You, you, don't, you don't just give your, go and buy yourself whatever you want. We look at the life of Solomon and the Bible says that Solomon, he said, I, I got me men's servants and I got me women's servants. Solomon didn't have CDs. He didn't have iPads. He had bands. He had musicians. He had the finest horses. He had everything that he wanted. And most of all, he did not deny himself women. He did not decide, deny himself wives. He did not deny himself girlfriends. He was wide open where, he, where he, uh, his flesh was concerned. Now, he started off on the right foot and he was concerned about what God wanted. But God told him, he said, I need you to, to deny yourself in, in this area of these women. Don't go connecting with these other women. 
But Solomon had, the Bible says Solomon was the richest man that there ever was. And so the brother didn't have to deny himself, neither did he deny himself. And his unwillingness to deny himself took him to a place that, that, that basically at the end of his life, he was a glorified sugar daddy. At the end of his life, a great, one of the greatest men of God, one of the greatest things that we remember Solomon for is, is his concubines and, and wives. Because he couldn't restrain himself. There was no restraint. Got to be some restraints. Let's keep going. We still we got a long way to go this morning. Uh, let's go to Daniel chapter. Well, no, we ain't going there. In, in Daniel chapter two and Daniel chapter four, the king had a, had a problem. He had these these dreams. I don't know what he was eating before he was going to sleep at night, but he would have these dreams, right? And then he woke up in the morning, shook up. I had a dream. It's like, no, we, we all had dreams. We, did you have a dream? Y'all had one. You know, what's so special about yours? But the brother would have these dreams. And when he get up in the morning, the dreams would trouble him. And in Daniel chapter 2, he had a dream. And so he called his magicians in there. And he said, listen, uh, I had this dream last night, and it's so troubling, and I need somebody to give me an interpretation. And so the dudes come in with the slickness, and they say, well, why don't you tell us what the dream was, and we'll tell you what, what it means. And he said, listen, you think I'm stupid? But I'm paraphrasing. You think I'm stupid if I tell you what the dream was, then you're going to make up something and get yourself off the hook. He said, if you really know what the interpretation of the dream is, you tell me what I dream and the interpretation. Right. So then uh, the dudes couldn't do it. And, and, and the problem was that everybody's life was on the line. He said, I'm chopping everybody up into pieces until somebody tell me one of y'all going to tell me what I dream. and You're going to give me the answer to this thing. I'm going to start chopping y'all up. Bring him down here first. Get him. Get him in here. And so he's screaming and hollering. They bring him. So that's why I told you, you got to use your imagination when you read the Bible. See, this is my, my version is way more interesting than what y'all read. Because I can see the whole thing. Skinny dude screaming, no! You know, <laughs> they dragging him down the aisle. And then somebody's like, hey, look, we need, you got something? You got something? No, we ain't got nothing. Get the, what are them boys? Them four boys? Hey, get y'all got something? Look, let me work on something. Tell them to give me some time. Okay, put him back. Put him back. Don't cut him up yet. And so Daniel and them came in there and told him, right? And he got promoted. Well, the king had a second dream in Daniel chapter 4, but for some reason I missed this over the period of years. I thought it was just the one, but the brother had two. And so he called him back again, and the same thing happened. He interpreted the dreams, and, and, and he got promoted. So understand something. These spiritual disciplines that they had from way back, from before they got in, in, uh, in captivity, these spiritual disciplines were working for them. When the spiritual disciplines are working, why would you abandon them? Why would you abandon these spiritual disciplines when they're working? The only reason you would abandon spiritual disciplines is because you don't understand that they work because you don't, you don't practice them. But if you practice them, you would know that there's fruit that comes from reading your Bible. There's fruit that comes from spending time praying. And you wouldn't abandon them. Right. So it, it paid off for him. Paid off for them. We, they established that these four had a relationship. Let's uh, look at let's go to Daniel chapter two. Verse 48 and 49. Let's establish that. Daniel 2, 48 and 49. Daniel 2, 48 and 49. Daniel chapter 2, verse 48. It says, Then the king made Daniel, uh, then the king made Daniel a great man and gave him many gifts and made him a ruler over the whole province of Babylon and the chief of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. Then Daniel requested of the king and set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel sat in the gate of the king. So this establishes a, relation, a close relationship between the four guys. Remember what I told y'all the four? So they were right there together. Daniel had the spiritual disciplines, and so did they. Now, we go look over in Daniel chapter 3, right? We see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego get into a, a problem. They have a problem, right? And so uh, uh, here's a situation where the king had got this statue made, and then he told his DJ, you know, he said, you know, that track that you, you got them guys to produce for me, he said, I want my image to be unveiled, I need everybody to bow when they hit the track. When that beat start banging, I need everybody, everybody to bow. And so, they, so they, they unveiled the statue. The DJ hit the beat, and it came on. And and then the, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego wouldn't bow down. And they said, "Wait a minute! 
The whole club is bowed down in here. We got three dudes in the back standing up. What's wrong with y'all? Get them down here. I'm, this is my version. I told you it's more exciting than y'all. Right? You got to have some imagination when you read your Bible. So he gets them down there, and he says, welcome y'all in bow. They say, man, we serve the, the, the most high God. We're not finna bow to nothing else. They say, look, if you don't bow, you know what I mean? That same fire that we use to cook that meat, you finna be in that fire. We're going to throw y'all in the furnace, right? And so they says, uh, we, you know, you might go throw us in the furnace, but we're not going to bow, right? So remember that we established in the beginning, when they first hooked up, the boys say, look, feed us. That Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was a part of that us that wanted that pulse, showing proof of their spiritual disciplines. And then we just read in verse 48 and 49 of Daniel chapter 2, that, that Daniel had put them in charge of some things he requested. These boys work close with me. So Daniel was their mentor. Same habits that Daniel had, it stands a reason that they probably had the same habits. Right? And so they get into a jam. And the Bible says they're throwing them into the fiery furnace. Everybody has seen the VeggieTales version of this whole thing. <laughs> Who's seen the VeggieTales version of this? You got to watch it. It makes the story more exciting. Right? Little kids movie, but it makes it awesome. So they inside of the fire, the Bible says, and then they, they throw them in the fire. They didn't die, but the guys who threw them in the fire, they died. But the Bible says they looked into the furnace and they saw a fourth man loosed in the fire. And it wasn't Daniel. He said, didn't we throw three into the fire bound? How is it that we see three loosed and a fourth man? So the, so the bondage that they threw them into the fire, that burned off, but it didn't burn them. The Bible says when they put them out of there, they didn't even smell like smoke. You want to know why that happened? Spiritual disciplines at work. Spiritual disciplines at work. They pay off. They pay off. They had a habit. Repetition, easy, pleasure, often habit. We pray, we fast regularly. Whether things are going good or things are going bad, we practice these spiritual disciplines. Because they work. Because they work. Now, now, we at certain times of our life find ourselves in jam. They was in hot water. This is the king. Heated, the highest power in the land. I'm finna burn y'all up. I'm finna set y'all, I'm finna set y'all on fire. That's terrible. The king say you finna burn. It's a good chance you finna burn. So they're in trouble with the king. To me, now I'm thinking about myself. Even the threat of getting thrown into the furnace, I'm shook up. I'm, 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 in, I'm disturbed. You say, you're going what? Before he even say anything directly to me, when they turn the music on, man, I know it's going to be in trouble then. We don't bow down in here. I'm, a, I'm just going to do a little something. I'm not going to do a full bow. Right? I'm thinking of how I might handle the situation. I'm not going to give him a full bow, but I'm going to do it like a head nod. Right? <laughs> Maybe that'll get me out if I just do a head nod. That might get me out. So now it's like, okay, the Holy Ghost like, don't even nod your head, son. Just, you know. And so, so again, relationship with God will put you in that spot. So when you just respond, you just act out of impulse. Nah, I ain't finna do nothing. Y'all three, oh, yeah, yeah, that's us in the back. Yes, me and Shadrach, me and Shadrach, go. Y'all didn't bow? Now, uh, you know, your back's hurting? No. We just, we just ain't gonna bow. Well, y'all come on down here. And so then, the, the, now when I'm walking down, Sherry, I'm shook up. On the walk down, because I know they're talking about fire. Y'all yeah. better act like you know. Don't act like I'm the only one. I'm concerned. Yeah. Right? They're talking about fire. They're talking about putting me in the furnace. Yeah. And every step I take, get closer to the king. I know I'm going to have to do some explaining. I'm thinking in my mind, should I just go ahead and <laughs> back off? Should I just go on and tell him I'm sorry? I didn't hear it. My ear, all of our ears have been stopped up. <laughs> we couldn't hear it. Go ahead and hit that track again. We'll, we'll, we'll do it right this time. I'm having these type of conversations with myself on the way down. And so then when I get down in front of him, this is the king. And you know he's surrounded by some big dudes. And they probably all got swords and spears. And they're still talking about fire. And so the whole situation is just traumatic. God. Yes, uh, look, as king make his way to the front. Welcome y'all in bow. Well, we serve the one true God. We're not going to bow. Now the king embarrassed. Because I just, I just charged him up in front of everybody. So now he's even more mad. And so now he, the words start coming out. Throw him in the furnace. So the words, after I heard the words, I'm going to leave him more shook up. And now the big dudes that were standing on side of him, they moving in my direction. Every step, it just escalates. The big dudes grab me. I'm hustling, trying to, you know, I'm not going willingly. You going willingly? <laughs> nah, let me go. 
I'm trying to get a loose. I want to run. I'm trying to see which way I'm going to run when I get a loose. You know, I'm not even worried about my two friends. <laughs> you got to run yourself. But I'm trying to see which way I'm going to go and who I, how I can get a loose. None of that's working. And it's just the closer I get to the furnace, it's starting to get hot. And then the one of the dudes that throw him in there, he pass out. He, you know, he, he's overheated, right? And yeah, it's terrible. The whole thing continues to escalate. Use your imagination. Yeah. It continues to escalate. So now I'm thrown into the furnace. And so when I get in the furnace, it cool off. And I see somebody in the back. I don't know him, but I know him. That makes sense? I don't know him, but I know him. And so now we're in there, we're in there having conversations, talking and getting to know one another. Hey, y'all, I, I thought that was you. I ain't never seen you. I knew you, you exist. You know how you doing? He just, y'all just stay in here, right? And so then the king look, and he come get him out of there. But but I, I, I probably might it could have been. We don't know for sure. Maybe they having a conversation now. Yeah yeah y'all know y'all y'all be fasting. Y'all be praying that spiritual discipline working off. You see, I show up when y'all when you act like you're supposed to. When you do what you're supposed to, do, I'm here. Y'all just stay in here. Yeah, that's what let me tell you. What's gonna happen when they gonna get you out of here and all y'all gonna get promoted? Yeah, I appreciate y'all doing a good work for me. Just keep doing that, right? And so then they go walk back out and Jesus just tell them, you know, hey, listen, sometimes, hey, listen, y'all did the right thing. Sometimes the safest place to be is in the fire if I'm in here, right? If I'm in the fire, sometimes the safest place, but y'all just going on and enjoy, all right? I'm gonna keep on blessing y'all. Don't stop praying now. Right? And spiritual discipline paid off. Spiritual discipline will pay off if you work it. But I'm telling you, the problem with us is we want to take our feet off the gas. Listen, you ain't to be moved when there's good or when there's bad. We pray whether it's going bad or whether it's going good. I've had the temptation, some of us, because worrying is something that comes to us very easily. So for me, I've had the temptation certain times not to turn to God, but to worry. Worry. And then you know what? I'll shut the prayer down. When it's going good, I just wander myself over, be telling everybody how good God is. God is good. Ain't he good? Right? He good. He good. Until something bad happened. Then I'm still trying to figure out, well, is he really? No, nah, you got to make up your mind. He's good whether, no matter how you feel, no matter what you experience. That's right. He's good. And what happens is, is that Satan is trying to come and take away the revelation of the word that he is good. It said in Mark chapter 4 that Satan, as soon as the word of God is sown in their hearts, that Satan comes immediately to take away the word that was sown in their heart. In Daniel chapter 10, and I'm skipping something, I might miss it, but I think we're getting the point. In Daniel chapter 10, you remember when Daniel got the vision and he started pursuing about the vision. He started praying. He wanted the answers to the vision. And the Bible says that that he prayed, and what did he want? He said for 21 days he was going to eat what? He's going to eat these vegetables. He's going to drink this water. This, these vegetables and water keep popping up, don't they? And really it's a sign of their spiritual disciplines. I'm going to eat these vegetables, I'm going to drink these waters. 21 days I'm not going to have nothing good, nothing good tasting come to my mouth. And the Bible says over the course of that 21 days, he is there praying, and on the 21st day, the 21st day, the angel showed up. And you read it, Daniel chapter 10. Angel showed up and the angel said this. He said, from the first day, from day one when you started praying, we was on the way. The only reason we didn't get here immediately is because the devil, right, uh, the, uh, the opposite spiritual entity was putting up resistance from us bringing you the answer. The Prince of Persia, they call him. The Prince of Persia putting up resistance from us showing up with the answer. So two people responded to the word. The angels responded to the word, but so did the devil. The angels responded to the word because they acknowledge. They, they acknowledge and honor his spiritual disciplines. The devil showed up because he wanted to steal it. So, you, so listen, when you're working your faith, when you're con confessing the word, you have your habit of confessions like we do, you're speaking God's word, you're saying what the scriptures say, you identify with what God says, you agree with what God says, 
You say what God said the same way Jesus did in this time of temptation. He only spoke the scripture. It is written. No matter how I feel, this is what the words say. Right? So you have that spiritual discipline, you're working it. It don't matter what the devil's saying because let me tell you something. He's, he's trying to get you to move off of the sure thing that he know that you got. He's trying to get you to move off that sure thing. The Bible says that we have a more sure word of prophecy, which is the word of God. He want to move you off that sure thing. If you're just hanging out, God's going to send you some help. He's going to send you some relief. He's going to send you an answer. It took 21 days. Why did it take 21 days? Because God was sleeping, because God's a hater like that, because God don't want to give you the answer. It took 21 days because the devil's involvement. Everybody responded. Every, listen, everybody moves around the word of God. You got God's forces coming, but the devil's like, hey, look, I, I can't get him. To, I can't let him get this answer. I can't let him get no victory. I'm showing up over there. But you all upset at the delay because you think it's God don't like you. It ain't that God don't like you. We have an enemy which goes around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That's right. The Bible says that if you don't believe in that, then you don't believe it. Look, if you don't believe in that, don't believe the rest of the Bible. If you don't believe that there is demonic stuff jumping off, you can't believe the rest of it because it's clearly stated in the book. If you don't believe the supernatural parts of the Bible, why are you playing with the rest of it? So, so, so we are spiritual disciplines, pay spiritual dividends. When you pray, things do happen. When you read, things do happen. When you confess, things do happen. When you love, things do happen. When you tithe. On the other side of your tithe and on the other side of your giving. Things do happen because you're invoking spiritual law. Whenever God says something, it's a law. It is what he said. It is what he said it is. And so these guys here again, why, listen, I got to do this one because this is the most important. This is the most, most important. So the guys exercise their spiritual discipline in Daniel chapter 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I'm just going to run through this one. In Daniel chapter 5, they decide they're going to get drunk with the vessels in Daniel chapter 5. And their glasses wasn't good enough to get drunk with. So they say, go get the holy vessel glasses. Go get God's cups. We're going to get drunk out with them. And so the Bible says that a hand came up, not, not a body, just a hand, and started writing in the wall. And so everybody's high. Anybody who was drunk, nobody drunk no more after they saw that hand. Ain't nobody drunk no more after they saw that hand. Everybody's stone-faced sober. The hand is writing in the wall, and the king again is disturbed. Go get them boys again. Go get that boy, the one with the spiritual disciplines, and tell him, come, tell him to come in and tell me what this writing on this wall means. And he came in there, and he told him, he said, you've been judged, you've been found wanting, and you, you finished. Your kingdom going to be taken away from you. Spiritual disciplines working again. Right? So in Daniel chapter 6, one of probably, well, all of them was very serious times, but one of the most serious, serious times you see Daniel's spiritual disciplines come into play. Let's read it. Go to Daniel chapter 6, starting in verse 1. Spiritual disciplines. Important. You say, I don't have time to pray. Let me tell you, this is important stuff. Your wife made you mad. I'm not going to pray today. Look, my wife can't make me mad enough. <laughs> the dog then tore up the couch. It's still prayer time. <laughs> it's the connection to a new one. Amen. Daniel 6 1. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three pre uh, presidents, of whom Daniel was first. The princes might give accounts unto them and the king should have, that the king should have no damage or no loss. This, then this Daniel was preferred above the president's princes because an excellent spirit was in him and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Man, these spiritual disciplines just don't stop paying for this brother, do they? God, amen. We, we need to pray some too, huh? Verse four, then the, uh, the presidents 
And the princes sought to find an occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they couldn't find none occasion or fault for as much as he was faithful, he was consistent. Neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against Daniel except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. That's the only thing that we can, we, we can this brother consistent, he's faithful with God. We're going to have to find something along them lines. Verse 6, then these presidents and the princes assembled together to the king and said unto him, King Darius live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom and the governors and the princes and the counselors and their captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any God or man for 30 days, save of thee, O king. You ever seen Toy Story? You remember the scene when Mr. Potato Head took his lips off? This is exactly what's happening right here. They keep calling him, O king, O king, O king, oh man, man, come on, man. O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish a decree and sign the writing that it be, that it, uh, be not changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, and who, uh, which alter is not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Now, when, the, when Daniel knew that he was, the writing was signed, listen to this, verse 10, let me start it over again. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went to his house and as uh, and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled and kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks to God as he did a fourth time. Listen, the, the threat is looming that anybody for the next 30 days going to be killed if they ask anything of any other God. And that brother did not change his routine. Did not change his routine. Do, you, do, do we see a pattern of these spiritual disciplines that these guys had and the payoff? Listen, these guys were facing death, but they valued their spiritual disciplines more than death. Um, what verse stop at? 11. Then, uh, then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Then they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not signed a decree that every man that shall ask a petition of any God or man within 30 days, save of thee, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? Then the king answered and said, the, the thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which altereth not. Then answered they and said to, before the king that Daniel, which is of the children of the cap, uh, captivity of Judah, regardeth it not, O king nor the decree that thou hast signed to make it this petition three times a day. But he make it this petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself and set, in his heart, uh, and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him and labored till going down the sun to deliver him. The sun to deliver him. He tried to find some kind of way to get him out of it. Verse 15. Then these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, uh, No, O king, that the law of the Medes and the Persians is that no decree or statute which the king establishes may be changed. Ain't, ain't no way out of it. We got, to, we got to handle this man. Verse 16. Then the king commanded that they, uh, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. And the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy king, thy God, uh, thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. Verse 17. And the stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of uh, signet of his lords and the purpose that he might not be changed concerning Daniel. Now watch what happens right here. Then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. And I made a note right here. Spiritual disciplines can be contagious. When people see it working for you, then they'll jump on it. What kind of impact are your spiritual disciplines having on the people around you? Come on. A spiritual disciplines will work if you work them. But if you just start and stop them, yeah, no, they're not going to work for you. But if you be consistent with it. So here the king, the most powerful man in the land, 
This brother didn't set himself to fasting all night long. Spiritual discipline can be contagious. Then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. Neither were there instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. So he stayed up on the hand and go to sleep. Verse 19. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with lamentable voice. So he, he cried out. He was crying. He was, he was upset. He was very dis distraught because he, he felt like Daniel was gone. Right. And they locked him in there with a lion and put a put a, a rock in front of the cage. Y'all seen that they had on the news that the, the, the Asian guy, they told him, he said the Lord told him to go and and get in that with the lion at that zoo and that lion slapped him a couple of times and all of a sudden he changed his mind. I wasn't hearing from God, right? <laughs> Verse 20, and he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel and the king spake and said, Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Or he called out to him, man, did God save you? Please tell me God saved you, man. Verse 21, then, then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent the angel and has shut the mouth of the lions uh, that they have not hurt me. For as much as be, uh, before him, uh, for, for as much as before him, innocency was found in me and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Then was the king exceeding glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. Amen. And the king commanded that they brought those men which had accused Daniel and they cast them into the den. Now watch this, it get rough for them. They cast them into the den of the lions, them, their children, their wives and the lions uh, had the mastery of them and they break all their bones into pieces or ever they came at the bottom of the den. Verse uh, 25, the king, then King Darius wrote unto the people, nations and languages that dwell in the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men tremble and fear before God, the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and steadfast forever. And his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed, and the dominion shall be even unto the end. Verse 27, he delivereth and rescueth and worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in the earth, who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of King Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Spiritual disciplines kept them from being chopped up. Spiritual disciplines saved them from the lion's den. Spiritual disciplines saved the boys from the fire furnace. Spiritual disciplines. The Bible says that when he heard what had happened, with the decree that they made, he still went home and he still practiced his spiritual discipline. Mm -hmm. we, do, we never take our foot off the gas. You continue to pray. We don't ever take our foot off the gas. Listen, you pray and you keep praying. Amen. You pray and you keep praying. You pray till you pass out. Pray till you pass out. Not literally, but I'm, 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 making, I'm trying to make a point. Just like Jesus said, hate your mother and father, you know he don't mean for you to hate them. I'm trying to make a point. Pray till you pass out. You make your confessions until your tongue get a cramp. You don't quit. You keep on going. You read your Bible until you go to fall asleep and wake up and read it again, fall asleep and wake up. Keep reading that Bible. You keep your disciplines. One of the greatest disciplines is your church attendance. Especially when you're first getting started. Because you don't want to feed yourself. Baby Christians don't want to feed themselves. So you know that when you come here, we're going to be, we're going to be, say, ah, open up. Mm. Mm. Spiritual disciplines are not to be abandoned. 
no matter how bad it's going or no matter how good it's going. He said in Deuteronomy, I want to say it's chapter 18. Can't, can't exactly remember the address. But he said, <clears throat> don't allow your success to get you to a point to where you start saying that my, my, my might and my hand got me. I'm responsible for my success. No, it don't never get that good to where we, 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 we start slacking off on God. It don't never get that good. We're always in pursuit. We're always growing. We're always taking ground. It never gets that good. It gets so good to where we just, we prayed enough. That's enough. Because you don't never know. Listen, when they first came in the door, it wasn't no problems. And then immediately, short thereafter, this man started having dreams. So he had to interpret two dreams that everybody was going to die. Then they threatened him with the fiery furnace. And then they throw him in the lion's den. So he never took his foot off the gas. He was out in every, for every situation, he was ready because he practiced them spiritual disciplines. Reading your Bible is important. Having regular prayer time, it is important. And I want, you, I want to ask you this tough question right here, right now. What might we have been reading about them if they did not have these spiritual disciplines? If the spiritual disciplines saved them, and we flip that over and do the reciprocal, the opposite, then lack of spiritual discipline can really cost you, can't it? How many of us have been paying over the years for our lack of spiritual discipline? Paying for it. How many times things might have went the other way instead of the way that they went if we been more committed to our spiritual discipline? So I didn't, I, my last question for you this morning is, so when are we going to make the change? Listen, Lenny, don't nothing, ain't nothing supposed to stand in the way of your time you spend with God. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying we're not going to be religious and drop down in the middle, park your car in the middle of 610 freeway and jump out at 3 o'clock. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being committed and being married, and barring something that we just cannot control, I'm fixing to have this time. I'm going to have this time. I'm going to pray. If my time, if I got to move it from three o'clock to four o'clock, I'm going to do that. But I'm going to be committed to my times of prayer, my times of Bible reading, my times of fellowship, going to church. I'm going to be committed. Repetition. <clears throat> Repetition, easy, pleasure, often habit. Can I really apply that to spiritual disciplines? Yes, you can. You can apply it to your giving. You can apply it to your Bible reading. You can apply it to your praying. After all, you've, you've been applying it already if you haven't been doing that. Person, a lot of us, before we start giving, we, we apply it to our giving. Repetitiously don't give. It's repetitiously easy for me not to give. Now it's a pleasure for me not to give. So because it's a pleasure for me not to give, I do it often. Now I just have a habit of not giving. Uh, it, it'll work to whichever way you're working. But for, for those of us who, who, hey, look, this is what we do. Whenever I get money, the first thing that's going to happen is, I'm, I'm, you know, as soon as I get a moment, I'm going to pull that phone out and, and switch over my percentage that I'm supposed to give to the Lord. Because what? Repetition, easy, pleasure. It's a habit. I don't even think about it. I have certain times that I have that are special prayer times. And I don't care how tired I am. My body is saying to me, we don't need to go do that. We already done some praying already today. We don't need to go do that. But there's something inside of me that says, I don't care how tired we are. The only thing we know is to take ourselves and go do it. Mm -hmm. it, it. Listen, this principle takes it out of your, your mental. Habits are strong, the strongest thing in the world. They're the strongest thing that you got. Habits will, will eliminate you having to go back and forth in your mind saying, should we do it or should we not? The habit, I'm just going, I'm going to do it. Right? When you get up ready to go to work in the morning, right? you ain't really thinking about shoes, should I? Well, it's a quick conversation. <laughs> because while you're trying to figure out whether you should go or not, your legs is taking you to go brush your teeth. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because you've done it so many times. Habits will take you places that you don't want to go for the good or for the bad. They'll take you places. How did I just keep finding myself in these situations? Because you made a habit out of it. There's nothing for the bad or for the good that wasn't created by habit. If you got a negative stronghold, there's people in church, they describe strongholds as bad. But a strong, you can have a good stronghold, depending on who's got the stronghold. You want the Lord to have the stronghold. They're created by your habits. And I'm going to tell you something, man. Habits are spiritual more than we know it. Because I've, I've been in a situation where I have to pull back off this habit. And I'm like, I didn't know this thing had me like this, bro. I didn't know it had me. I didn't know it had me like that. I didn't know it, I, that. I'm talking about to the point to where I'm screaming, stomach aching, a habit that I thought that I was controlling. And I found that I was not controlling the habit. The habit was controlling me now. But the same way you can make good habits for the Lord. Amen. 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 Why don't you stand up with me right now? We still got to get the offering, and we have a couple of announcements. But no, we got the offering. We got the offering? Yeah. God, Leo, you got it. I got it. Right, I didn't get I knew I didn't do it. I got to have it. I got to have it. I got to have it. I'm going to hit you out twice. <laughs> Look, what? I'm, so, I'm shocked that y'all didn't want to give again. That ain't my people. That ain't my people. But y'all got to have it. We only do it once. You got to have it. Gotta have Listen, right now, just a couple of seconds. I want you to bow your heads right now. <clears throat> I want you to take this in, what we just said, what we, what we talked about this morning. Take it in. I want, you to, I want you to really think about what we've been talking about this morning. And I want you to purpose in your heart that you're going to make a habit of your spiritual disciplines.